What is up, Internet? Hello and welcome to The Movie Fort. I'm your host, Todd Munson, and The Movie Fort is a podcast about bringing back the fun of watching a movie with a buddy. And it's recorded in a tree fort in the hills of Los Angeles. This is the premiere episode, so thank you for being here on the ground floor. If this thing takes off, you can be one of the cool kids who is way into something before anyone else. On this episode, our extra special guest is my comic buddy, Steve Simone. Steve's been one of my favorite comics for a really long time, and he just released a new comedy album called Jabba that you can find wherever you buy your media these days. Steve's originally from Philadelphia, so the plan was to have him over to watch his favorite Rocky movie, if it's possible for him to even pick a favorite. But on Jabba, he has an epic bit about seeing Predator in the theater for the very first time. When I heard it, I was like, yes, got to get Steve Simone over here to watch Predator. And that's what happened. Steve's uh, always on the road doing gigs across the country, but he found time to come over and hang out in our backyard on a Tuesday afternoon to watch Predator. And when you think about it, if you're watching Predator in a tree fort on a Tuesday afternoon, that's a pretty good sign you're in the middle of living your best life. So let's get into it. This is Predator with Steve Simone. Dude, let's rock. Let's rock. Uh, hey, welcome to the movie fort. Today we have an extra special guest. My friend Steve Simone is here. Say hello. Steve. Hey, guys. I got nervous. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, it am I allowed to talk? I was like, wait, I should have had like a real intro plan. But um, Steve is here and we're going to watch one of the best action movies ever made. I think it. I think you could make the argument that it is the best ever. I mean, it, every all the. I mean, it's Arnold in his prime. It's got a sci-fi element to it. Oh, we should probably say which movie we're talking about. Predator. It's so good. And what I love about this though is, what it's the Arnold movie that becomes an Arnold movie. Yes, because it's the, one of the only movies where he's with a team of people. That's so true. And uh, by, you know, we're not going to spoil anything, but ideally, if you're listening to this, you've seen Predator about 50 times. And the reason why Steve and I are watching Predator today is he just released a new comedy album last week called Jabba, yep. which is hilarious. And you can get it wherever you buy your music these days. And there's a uh, bit on there called Predator. Yes. Which about had me drive off the road. <laughs> really? I heard it. Seriously. It was like, because I saw the track list. It was like one of those things where like when I bought the record, I was on my way somewhere. Oh, it was like some friend's like birthday dinner. Or Thank you so much for buying so the it was record, like I by the way. I bought it. And it's like nine, but you should buy it if you're listening. Let's just buy the album. And uh, I was like, I bought it, downloaded it, but then couldn't listen to it till the next day. And it was like Saturday morning. I was out running some errands and go get a bagel. And a uh -huh. Just a little thing. I'm like, oh, wait, I bought this. Turned it on and just hysterical. When I got to Predator, I'm like, I couldn't imagine something as good as that. Just so perfect. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's about your first time seeing, seeing Predator. Seeing the movie. The first time being a little kid. 
or a teen at young, I don't remember how old I was, like 12 or something. And my dad taking us to go see Predator and the joy it brought him to see Arnold and then to bring his boys to the joy that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you really didn't know much about Predator when no. your dad took you. It was like, I'm not going to give away the bit, but it kind of sets up with your dad seeing the uh the showtimes of the newspaper. Uh, you're from Philly, so yep. maybe the Philadelphia Inquirers. Right, right. Like, That's how we used to pick out movies. <laughs> like you had to use your intuition a lot. It was just like I look. This is what we're going to go with. There wasn't nearly as much information. Yeah, there's no news. You had no idea what you know until you saw the poster at the movie theater. You had no. There's no the word spoiler didn't even exist. No. And you might, if you're lucky, got to see a trailer. But that was it. And the only place you'd see a trailer was in the movie. Yeah. And then there was like Siskel and Ebert were like the only critics that anybody really had yeah. any access to. And it's, it's like both of their thumbs were like every rotten tomato. You know? Exactly. <laughs> this is worth half the, the tomatoes. But yes. the cool thing about this movie is like it legitimately. I mean, it was just incredible to see this without knowing anything about it on the big screen and being in an age where you're really impressionable. Yeah, and, and old enough to kind of understand what's happening. of like yes. the amount of ass kicking that's going on. Oh, and then the thing is, like, I sometimes, like, make memories better in my brain to make life livable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I'm like, everything sucks now, but remember that time when everything was great? And I kind of, like, don't want to be guilty of that too much with my comedy. And I went back. I was on a flight not too long ago. And they had Predator on the plane. And I went back and I'm like, why can't they make movies like this anymore? Oh, it's it's the bat. Like the way they use the camera in this, like the camera for real character. Yes. And the big did you uh, talk about it once we get the movie going? But there's did you I was a little set it up now. Did you ever hear who played the original Predator? No, because they made the movie not knowing how they were going to pull off the Predator. Oh, that's and once so we cool. get going. I'll, I'll Let's go. Let's just it. go, man. But because um, this right. movie opens up and we're allowed to talk over it and stuff. Yeah, right? we're going to talk over it. Now, do people sync up the movie they with can, the podcast? We're going to start it up right here. If uh, stupid remote uh, kicks in. Hold on one second. All right. We're starting Predator. It's uh, it's available for purchase. And I think you might be able to rent it on Amazon uh, Prime Video. And we're starting it now. So if you want to join along and watch Predator with us, settle in. Because the uh, 20th Century Fox logo just appeared on your screen. Oh, this is so cool. I, I love this about technology that people can virtually watch this with us I right know. now. I had a friend who was, uh, she was in the hospital once. We watched Friday Night Lights, like when it just come out on video. Like She was just like, I'm bored in the hospital. Like, just your message. I'm like, hey, well, we just watched a movie and texted back and forth. Oh, that's kinda, awesome. Kinda yeah, you should start like, doing that with Twitter. You should like start syncing up at like Friday, 8 o'clock, Return this. of the Jedi. <laughs> and just let people tweet with you. So um, the amazing thing about Predator, though, is just like how just ridiculous it is, because this movie, the first thing you see after uh, Joel Silver is just Arnold Schwarzenegger, Predator. It's we're in so space. great. And you like they really don't explain anything. No. The other movies to uh, get in the nostalgia. Now, when you saw it, did you know it was going to be a sci fi movie or no. Arnold Predator? I think what it was is when my dad read the description of the movie in the paper, like his hands really did start to shake with joy <laughs> because he was like, Arnold is back. He's back. And then my little buddy, is that a spaceship? No, buddy, they're commandos. I read about it. <laughs> it had to be so like tripped up, though, like 
because you think it's going to be a war movie, but wait, there's something going on here. And then uh, what were the local like theaters in your we had what you have as a real little kid? I remember there was a theater chain called Eric Theaters. OK, now it opens up with the chopper. I mean, and Carl then right there. And I remember my dad knowing Carl Weathers was in this movie, but he didn't want to ruin the surprise for us. How did uh, Carl Weathers seeing him in a different movie affect you? Just knowing him as Apollo Creed, dude, really kid. It was makes everything better. Yeah, it would be like Santa Claus showing up in a Halloween cartoon. You're like, what? And then Santa shows up. <laughs> but they just start like this movie. Like we're already like this is if this movie was made now, there'd be like 20 minutes of just like they wouldn't know Santa. how to get to it. They'd be like, okay, well we got. Well, you see the pod coming to space, and that plants a seed. I was too young at the time for the first time to even cut. Like that didn't even register. I was probably yeah. eating popcorn, going, "Where's Arnold?" Then helicopters land on like in the middle of a jungle. Carl Weathers just hanging out, hanging out, and that dude. This is the Jesse, scene. The body right here. Where did you know that guy from? <laughs> He's a real Navy SEAL. This is his first uh, of three movies with Arnold. Did you know that? There was this Running, Running Man, Man, and what and was the other he one? He was in. He was like a prison guard in the the Batman movie where he's Mister Freeze. Oh, I didn't then, know like, that. Really hit it off in this, and then Bill Duke, he. Uh, was the guy Arnold killed in the hotel room in Commando? It's the best. <laughs> Dude, Commando had so many. Like, McBain! It's totally. Between this and Commando, like Arnold broke the mold for what an action star is all about. I'm so grateful that I grew up in an era where action movies were done this well. <laughs> yeah. Like you had Stallone with the Rambo franchise, yeah. The Rock, Schwarzenegger, and then Harrison Ford. He had a few. I mean, like even Indiana I mean, Jones, like, yeah. you could make the argument that, the you know, clear and present danger, the Star Wars stuff like, like that. Like the smarter movie. Right. He's like the smart action star. He's wily. But here they are just driving through the beach. It's like, you know, stuff's it's going down. so cool. It's like we're five minutes in. Nobody's talked yet, but it's just nope. like it's all the setup. And then uh, we're going to get into it. You know, the uh, the handshake that's coming up. It's the greatest. That wasn't in the script. Rip. Did they just the do that? Legend on has it there was a PA saw Arnold and Carl all oiled up and was like, "You guys need to like shake hands or something," and they just improvised it. Oh, that's awesome! That's what's known as movie magic. I love this though. Do you remember how Arnold Dutch? Movies, I forgot his name was Dutch. Uh, always had to set up why he had an accent. This one doesn't. Or it's like, oh, I did this, or kindergarten cop. He's like, I grew up here, and now I, I moved to New York. <laughs> like, they always had to do the stupid thing of, like, why does Arnold have an accent? They just Dude, that reminds me of Bill Burr's bit on Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think it's one of the greatest pieces of stand-up ever. I ran into him at Costco a few months ago. Like, literally ran into him. That's <laughs> like hilarious. We ran into each other, and it was just like, we were both taking the same shortcut. Hilarious. And it was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Good. Okay. Like, I think he was like maybe looking at it because he wasn't buying anything, but he was on his way out. So I was like, he might have been price shopping a TV or something. But what's his uh, Schwarzenegger? Oh, hold on. Here's the oh. scene. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what's the matter? CIA got you pushing too many pencils. It's so manly. <laughs> so great. I cut a joke from the CD. Yeah. About like, because just the anticipation of the joy of a new Arnold movie, like it meant yeah. something. Oh, big time. 
And I just am like, because we were really too young to get to see his first ones. Right. Because it was like Commando, like Commando and Terminator were all like watch on HBO or rent the VHS. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And then it was, I think the first one I got to see in theaters was uh, Terminator 2. That's such a great point, like, which was another masterpiece. Yeah, and by that time, it was Arnold, the, I'm sure he saw twins. Like, Because this it was after this, he got into turned into Cuddly Arnold. Yeah, Kindergarten Cop twins. And they were, but he killed it. Like everything, yeah. like... And, and I just didn't want to do the bit because I love The Rock. Yeah. But the joke essentially was The Rock is the closest thing we have to Arnold. And the yeah. audience is going crazy because I'm talking about what a Rock fan I am. And I truly am. Yeah. That's why I cut the joke. But I just said, now imagine if The Rock made a movie you'd want to see a second time. <laughs> I'm like, that's who Arnold Schwarzenegger was. <laughs> that's so true. I can't think of a Rock movie I've seen more than once. I can't. I love it when I watch them. I can't even make it through some of them, to be honest, where I'm so, like, oh, God, the one walking tall. I liked a lot. Yeah, I haven't that, seen that one just because it's pretty good. Original like the, with Joe Don Baker. So just dark. Backwards. It's <laughs> it's pretty good. But, but no, they, like all those like Fast and Furious ones are good, like that he shows uh, up in. But but how about these guys, though, when you meet the commandos, the greatest and like, the soundtrack, this this made me want to start chewing tobacco and <laughs> with uh, Jesse, Jesse the, the Body, body Ventura's Red Man. Yep. Like that was the gnarliest stuff. Oh, when you saw somebody do that, you're like, that's that a man. <laughs> Comes in a bag. So here, make you a sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Did you ever get to see him wrestle? Like as a kid? Like, I believe so. Because by the time I got it, like he was an announcer by the time. Like, oh, I, I thought you meant in person. No, no. Oh, I for sure knew okay. him as a wrestler. And this guy here with the glasses uh, wrote Lethal Weapon. I was going to say, and, is that uh, Shane Black? Yeah, but he didn't write Predator. I asked him about this once on a red carpet and uh, totally oblivious that he had that movie, the... Uh, so the not the other guys, but he had that one with uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, Russell Crowe come out that was set in the 70s. They filmed it. Oh, uh, it's a comedy store. That yeah. was not a bad movie. No, it wasn't. And it was like he was on the red carpet and uh, it was for one of the Marvel movies. He directed Iron Man 3. So I'm like, oh, that's why he's there. Completely oblivious. Like, oh, behind me is this giant billboard for his new movie. I had no idea what's coming out. I, I felt so bad. But we talked about Predator for like 10 minutes. Uh, it's probably what he wanted to do. Like, hey, man, oh, this is so, fun. I'm like, well, you wrote that, too, didn't you? And he's like, no, no, no. I just acted in. I'm like, are you sure you didn't punch any of it up? And he's like, I might have a little bit. But wow. but you still don't know what's happening here. No. That's the best. We got the chopper above us, too. Yeah, and you're just getting like a little sense of their uh, personalities. Yeah. And it's like if this movie were made now, it'd be like everybody'd have like an orphan daughter or yeah. like something stupid. They ruin everything now. Like, no, we really got to make you care about them. Dude, I think there's just going to be, I hope, a renaissance of stuff like this. Just good at like. And as crazy as this sounds, because it's the movie progresses, but I, like it's still believable. Yes. <laughs> Such a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Duke just shaving with a yeah, with no shaving cream, no water, <laughs> with a safety razor where you can just slash your throat. So the crazy thing though too is they filmed this in uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, like in the jungle. Wow! And uh, a few years ago, a buddy got married down there, and the chopper that they have like that gets blown up in the no way 
is like still on display and they built like an like sort of like a tourist attraction around it but they um, should that is so awesome like, you have to like ask around and be like oh where's the chopper and whatever and so uh buddy and i were like wedding was until like nighttime on saturday we we're already on the south end of like puerto Vallarta. like we were out of town at this resort and they're like oh no the chopper's like really close like i figured it out a little bit like looking on a map and uh so our plan was and this is friday night before we went to the, like the rehearsal dinner uh-huh. was that we we're gonna go into have town, a couple beers yeah see the chopper <laughs> is uh we're gonna wake up early on saturday go into town each rent a dune buggy and go see the chopper. That would be awesome. Get to noon on Saturday. My buddy's still asleep, like passed out. Drunk. I'm like, I'm going to see this chopper. And I set out and walked. It would have been like doing like two Runyon Canyons to get over hills to get to the chopper. It was a 15 mile hike round trip. Oh, my God. I made it back with like 10 minutes to get ready for the wedding and thought I was really good. But I was like determined to see the shopper. And you have to go into the jungle like you're on like a fire road the whole time. But wow. you're like it real jungle. And then it's just out of nowhere. They've got like natural water slides built in the chopper, like where you can just go get a picture. Of Dude, that's so cool. So Talk about determination, I though. I was like, I must see, this. see chopper. And then uh, on the way back, because it was like basically like walking along like PCH to get back to the hotel. There was a dude who set up uh, a thing like selling Zarape blankets, you know, like the ponchos. Yeah. And they had a Dodger one and the guy wanted like 80 bucks for it. I'm like, no, I live in Los Angeles, dude. I can get this for 20. <laughs> like, why are you doing this to me? But it was, just, it was just so stupid of like, I got there. It felt like I ran a marathon, but it was completely worth it to see the chopper. Yeah. Because you'll have that memory forever. Who cares about a <laughs> wedding? You got to see the chopper. So, how about Jesse's gun, though? I was just going to say, I remember being fascinated by all the different types of guns guys had in this. Such a, an Arnold, too. His was huge. But so how just, often would you go to movies as a kid? It was a big family thing. Yeah. Like if uh, that was one of the cool things my dad did for us. Like if there was a movie we really, really wanted to see. Like I remember specifically Indiana Jones. Yeah. The first one. Okay, Raiders. Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I remember Return of the Jedi. Yes. My mom told me Luke Skywalker died in that one before she took me to see it. She did? Yeah. (laughs) Were you like, I don't want to see this now. Sat me down for a real talk to say... Todd, we uh he Luke dies. And then when he got onto the plank over the Sarlacc pit, she actually like nudged me in the ribs. She's like, don't watch. This is where he dies. And to this day, she says she didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's one of my favorite things to talk to people about, like stuff. They clearly remember how their parents scarred them and how parents just deny it. So, um, but my dad would take us out of school early. Yes. We'd come in with a note and we'd get to go see like the noon showing of whatever would it movie be a it was. Made up note, like fake eye doctor? No. Just like, I'm he'd be like, this is a cultural experience for the boys. <laughs> That's, um, so, uh, your album job of those kind of a tribute to your dad. Yeah. And, uh, and dads in general, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so the whole setup of Predator, though, too, without giving the bit, is that your mom gets to stay home for a couple hours apiece. 
Yeah. What sort of movies would your mom come out to? Like, where would be a whole? Unfortunately, yeah. she had to come out to a lot of like <laughs> so many things that now, in hindsight, she had zero desire. Yeah. I mean, that's why there's that but joke the at the re- beginning. Thing is so because you're like, oh no, is uh, Diamond, uh, not Diamond Dallas Page, but uh, Stone Cold Steve, Steve Austin. Austin. You're yeah. like the Texas Rattlesnake. She's like, Ooh. yeah. It's like, like you assume that your mom was watching wrestling because now that you moved that left the house. Yeah. Like I assumed that she really liked it as much as I did. Yeah. But it's that fake enthusiasm, you know? Yeah, and that's like what parents do. Like, like the premise of the joke was that I was real for years. I really believed my mom liked the same things that I liked. Because it just gives, like, that's what's so great about movies. It's like a chance to sort of connect with your kids. Yeah, and you remember going, too. So what, um, what movies did your mom, like, was there anything that was off limits? No, she was a trooper. Okay. Like, like, I think she actually enjoyed the Rocky movies. How, no, originally when I started this whole thing was I wanted to get you here for a Rocky movie. Like we could do that too. Ideally, Rocky three or four. I was thinking yeah. both be like right in the wheelhouse. But what was that like being a kid and having somebody, basically the hometown hero, as a movie yeah. character, the Italian stallion? It was an Italian kid from Philly. Surreal. Like I remember watching Eddie Murphy. Um, what was his second special? Was it raw? Yeah. The bit about fighting the Italian guy and going to see Rocky. <laughs> that was we. I mean, I remember crying laughing as a little <laughs> kid at that because there were people like that in my neighborhood. And I do remember vividly like music used to everything like now we have access to everything. So it loses some of that specialness. Yeah. Like you can walk around with your phone. And have any song that you Want to hear. wanted. Yeah, it's like the thrill of hearing on the radio. Right. And I remember Eye of the Tiger, when that song that summer would come on the radio, it was stop. It was almost like firecrackers because <laughs> you would hear it coming from one car and then people you would go through the station, it was go through the channels to try to find it. And people, that's how people, would, what's it? Yeah, what's on YSP? Eye of the Tiger. And then it would be everywhere. Everywhere. So that's a girl. I had that on a 45 and my neighbor, Amy McDermott, still just I would make her listen to that on a repeat. Don't you understand how this awesome this oh, is? You're like, Come on, let's go. I have a tiger. I wonder, does music still do that for people or did I just have I just become jaded? I think it does a little bit. Every, nobody listens to the same stuff anymore. Right. You know what I mean? It's like because you don't like so many niches. Like, listen to the radio. Yeah. Or you're like really like, well, I'm going to listen to the radio and you don't like. That's I, why I found out the cure was on uh, K Earth 101 the other day. I was in a lift. Oh, and I'm no. Like, Wait, is this I'm K- so old. And the guy's like, don't worry. They changed the format. But yeah. And I was like, this is wrong. Like, Look at that. So cool. Now, what's that guy's name? Sonny. Sonny Lanham. I think. What, what's his backstory? He's just been a badass dude in a bunch of things. He um, there's a bunch of movies in the 70s. Think, but he, like that guy looks legitimately tough. Yeah. These guys all were. though. Except for uh, Shane Black, <laughs> the glasses. But the irony is, like, I've gotten to do like a bunch of USO shows and this yeah. thing called Comics on Duty. And sometimes you'll meet people that are the biggest badasses ever, and you would never know it. Yeah. But then there are guys like this where you're like, oh yeah, that guy's. It's a badass. It's like the one dude. Um, what's his name? Uh, he was in uh, the Ben Affleck movie. Uh, big dude, beard. MMA guy, stuntman, Tate Fletcher. Tate, yeah, the you best. Meet that, you meet that, and you're like, dude, I that one time, and you just shake his hand, and you're like, this guy could just kill, kill you in different ways. And then 
the it was the accountant that Ben Affleck movie. Amazing. Where you're like that movie was great. No, it's it's way like underrated. I think I love like okay. I still haven't seen the latest John Wick film because okay. I've been traveling is so he, much. Is Tate in that he was in the original. I think okay. I know he was. There has not been an awesome movie in ben the last twenty years that Tate hasn't been in, and I can't believe that he's my buddy. Yeah, and then like there's a fight he did with Ben Affleck. Like, was awesome. He's one of the dudes when Ben Affleck's is shooting his uh, sniper rifle on those people's land, and they come to assassinate him or whatever, and he just gets slapped in the face with a belt <laughs> by Ben Affleck. Tate is awesome. Jason Tebow asked Tate like, "What would happen if everybody attacked him at the comedy store?" And he was like, "You would, you wouldn't have a chance." It'd be like Batman style. Yeah, he was like, like some real teamwork. Well, I think the term Tate used to Tebow that just made me go, oh, he was like, none of you are used to getting hit with concussive strikes. <laughs> but that's true. <laughs> so and on top of that, like he's a big athletic dude yeah. that knows how to punch and kick and all that stuff. But he's also a black belt in Brazilian jujitsu. So you're not going to get you're, not even you're never going to win. Did you see the fight this weekend? No. I want to see if there's a way I could rewatch that. Uh, The the main clips are all online, but uh, Gabriel Glacius did some speed bag work and tribute to Oh, yeah, I did see that. I was like, yes. It's like such an intro. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Minigun time. So to fill people in, they're walking through the jungle and they just found these mutilated skinned bodies. You still have no idea what's happening. And wasn't the backstory that, and that's the, you're, what is it, buddies? Who's looking at them? It's thermal vision. So here's the crazy thing, right? Like this, they knew they were going to kind of do all this, but they had no idea what the Terminator was supposed to look like. Or not the Terminator, the Predator. And uh, when they were filming the movie, Stan Winston, the special effects house, they were uh, experimenting with all these different things. And if you go onto YouTube, there's a clip where you can see the original person who's playing the Predator. It was Jean-Claude Van Damme. No. And he was in this red skin tight suit. He looked like an annoyed from Domino's because he had no to be way. red to be contrast with the green jungle. And it is the goofiest thing ever. Is it goofier than his little cameo in Breaking 2? It's where he's break dancing in the background. It's like he's like full on like trying to walk like a lizard man. And Dude, and we were talking about eighties action movies and we didn't even think of Van Damme or Seagal. That was more nineties. Well, well, they were early nineties, like late eighties. They came in. It's Seagal's like his other than Under Siege, I don't think there's really I don't know. I enjoyed Van them Damme, all. Though. Yeah, Bloodsport was oh, great. Bloodsport. <laughs> Not yeah, how, how, how many times did you try to do the splits from Bloodsport? Okay, that's an interesting thing because every time my brother and I would watch movies like this, we thought movies were just an instructional guide. <laughs> exactly. And you would just act out whatever you saw on the screen. So, but when Bloodsport, when he gets cranked up and he's doing the full split. Awesome. Tried for weeks. I took a job at Gold's Gym about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And I was just hoping to meet cool people. Like, yeah. <laughs> I took the job thinking like, if I ever get to meet Hulk Hogan, I'm good. It's worth making minimum wage. <laughs> and like, I got to meet Carl Withers was in there all the time. Yeah. Was he nice? The nicest. Lou Ferrigno was in there all the time. <sighs> Did you ever see that movie, The Cage, where he plays a fighter in no. an under? Oh, it's great. Okay. Lou Frigno was the coolest. But I remember once when Van Damme came in, because yeah. he wasn't a regular, everybody went nuts. I saw him leaving the Grove once, like the farmer's market. Uh-huh. And he was driving a convertible Bentley and signed autographs. This is like pre-selfie time, but like signed autographs for everybody in the little parking booth 
like the little hut. I really think people that were famous before the internet achieved a different type of fame, a different level of fame. Yeah, like he was with his family, like their kids in the back seat, and he was. It was like the like weirdest like little movie star moment of like somebody visiting from Ohio would have had their trip made of like, oh yeah, so John Van Damme just leaving the farmers market. Dude, what's so great is since we started this movie, there has been a helicopter circling us. Dude, if you arrange for Schwarzenegger to fly over us and fast rope out of a chopper to come watch the end of the movie with us. Hey, guys. Did you watch the movie with you? Did you see that? Oh, because didn't they tell them like it was an extraction team, right? Like they're going in to rescue people. It was like this rescue mission that they thought they were going to be on, but it was pretty vague. And the only thing that sort of made it tolerable was that Carl Weathers, who's now a desk jockey, uh, agreed to come along. Gotcha. But they're like behind enemy lines. Now you're hosed. And, you know, you got to get out on your own kind of thing. But and Carl Weathers is like a little bit rusty, right? Yeah. Like he's the one that keeps That's on like giving their position. Yeah, he's like, like hey, I'll gut you. Right. Yeah. He had like a scorpion on his shoulder or something like real jungle stuff. And these guys were like in the jungle for weeks building this. Dude, I had a buddy of mine that was a British Royal Marine. Yeah. And he said like part of their training, they would just get dropped off in a jungle with a map and their backpack and that's it like they would jump out of a plane into the jungle and then they would have to like what's the word transverse maybe like 80 90 100 miles in a month would be their rendezvous point so they would just live in the jungle for a month live on the live on the land keep track of time keep track of the days and know how to get there did you uh read or listen to the new david goggins book yeah where he talks about because he did that too when he was trying to become a uh, delta force person which is like the one level above Navy SEAL. Yeah, it's crazy. And how he like sprained his ankle on the last day. And Dude, I, I, David Goggins is a real life superhero. No, he is. That book was so. Like if I got to meet him, I wouldn't even be able to make eye contact. <laughs> I would just nod my head and smile like a little kid. <laughs> I would just nod my head and smile and put my hand out and be like, thank you for meeting me, sir. Yeah. Basically, he's the real deal. don't know who David Goggins is, he's, he's a, a dude who just one day decided I'm going to become a Navy SEAL and did it. And became like the biggest badass along the way yeah and he's so i find the guy so inspirational because he owns all of his failed attempts they're not failures where it's like he's just like yeah i sucked like three times in a year for the navy seals three because he he had to lose like 250 pounds before just to qualify qualify. and then he broke his leg and did it like on a broken leg for three days yep you gotta quit dude and you do you remember what he did to motivate himself to get into shape what was it he went and watched rocky oh that's right he did he'd watch it on his uh exercise bike wouldn't he yeah like I love this year. I'm uh, like, no, nah, I'm going to pick this up. <laughs> so great. Oh, and you know, it's a bomb because there was a beep, switch. Beep. <laughs> Just pick it up, Arnold. It's a truck. You can do it. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, after watching movies like this with your buddies when you're a kid or younger, yeah. like you would just talk about what you remember that scene. Do you remember yeah. that scene? Do you remember that scene? They just don't write movies like that anymore. No. And they don't, they just don't feel as cool as this because they're not shot right. Uh uh-uh. uh. Like, it's all just who like, directed this? It's like uh, perfect. I don't even know off the top of my head, but it's all stupid camera movement and you got to do a cool edit and like walk all backlit. I think like. Everything ended when you got to the Michael Bay movies. Like The Rock and like Con Air were like 
They're not as good. No, but it's like that was the beginning of something else. It's been crap. Like, look at him. He's just blowing fools up. <laughs> These guys don't even know what they're dealing with. They think they're like badasses of a little gang and Arnold and the guys rolling. Did you ever see that movie? I forget what it was called, like 13 Hours or something, about the, the, the siege in Benghazi. Like all oh, those. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's great. It's, uh, the dude from The Office, right? Yeah, it's great. Is it? It's great. But one of the things that really... <laughs> oh, Jesse the body just shredding people. <laughs> Arnold's, or not Arnold, but Carl's got his little gun. Oh, such good action. <laughs> I've got a grenade launcher gun. So cool. I think Carl Weathers used that same gun in Action Jackson, didn't he? He may have. That was another good movie. Well, anyway, one of the coolest things in yeah. that Benghazi movie is like, first off, those dudes are like such heroes. Like, I think that was the coolest thing about doing shows for the military is that you find out like people like this are real. Yeah, and they really, they really can do. Like, you've been to the Middle East, Afghanistan, yeah, Iraq, all that stuff. Like, you've been to places where you can't donate blood now because you've been there, right? Like, I can still donate blood, but uh, because I wasn't there long enough. Okay, like you telling me that at a blood. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had to wait a year. Okay. I don't, yeah. Like, it wasn't like a lifetime ban. Yeah, some yeah. countries, they make you wait. I had to wait a year. Oh, this is, he's just mowing fools down. This is like getting to see John Matrix and Commando at work. Yes. It's like, this could have been a prequel to Commando. Yeah, like this, that's kind of, it's funny you mentioned that, but I remember like, kind of thinking like, yeah, oh. Think I'm going to go live in the mountains with my daughter and take her to get ice cream and feed the deer and stuff. So cool. Are you excited for the new Rambo movie? I, I kind of am. Me too. I wanna, I, I'm curious to see how it goes. Because it sounds like he's got like maybe a dark past or like some sort of secret. Yeah. But then it's from reading about it that he uh, takes on the cartel. And so I think they might have like tunnels running through his property or something. Oh, that's awesome. So, so this area right here is part of the attraction. Like this is a restaurant now. No way. Like, this is the There's middle. a Predator restaurant? <laughs> yeah, it's like a restaurant and bar. But, but you just like, have to take the access roads to get there? Yeah, it's like you, like there were when I was hiking, there were probably. And where's this again? Puta? Uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. There were probably 50 tour buses that passed me. And I'm just like, nope, I'm walking. And then there was like one little like like two building village on the way back. Like I was just famished. I didn't even have like knock, knock. <laughs> Such a good so good. So good. But he, oh, here comes the other one too. Hold on. <laughs> so yeah, this is all like a water park. Cause there's like a river and they've built like these natural if, waters. If I just stuff. Google predator water park, will it come up? Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is the lady. <laughs> he just punched her. He's got the stick. Where's the stick around line? That's got a. Did he already stab the guy when he's like, yeah. stick around? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that line, I remember uh, I used to work graveyard shift at this other gym. And <laughs> what's like, it like we're going to like because you just have to like kind of just shoot the shit with people. It's the greatest. <laughs> talk about working out and like. Oh, uh, well, the pe like, well, I used to work at this gym from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. So imagine who works out at three in the morning. Yeah. Like bounty hunters and stuff. <laughs> and like this one guy was a former special operations guy. And I remember he was talking about knife fighting and stuff. I'm yeah. like, and after watching this, I guess, because there's some forms. Bad, I go, wait, would you throw your knife? And yeah. he was like, no, that's in movies. 
he goes, why would you like, and then you lose it. Right. He was like, I'll keep that in my hand. And he was like, then I'll just close the distance. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is dug in tighter than an Alabama tick. But, um, so there's a guy that does security at the comedy store in La Jolla. Yeah. Who's like an expert at knife fighting. <laughs> and he was like, you know, a knife beats a gun all the time within 15 feet. Which I can see happening. He was like shooting some of the guns harder than. <laughs> well, we also, by the time you pulled out and get it aimed. Yeah. He's like, you're already bleeding. It's <laughs> uh, so good. But the uh, walking back, though, it was like this little like two building village took credit cards. And so I was like, I needed food, like whatever. So I bought an uh, ice cream uh, sandwich and a big Gatorade. Oh, that sounds like the best day ever. <laughs> Just having to like walk the last seven miles back. Need on that. sustenance. Gatorade. This is what the astronauts drink. I used yeah. to think that when I was a kid. This is what athletes drink. It's calories. And then the best part, too, is at this wedding. It was like this real, real like blowout wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh which friend was it? Uh, my buddy Nate. He uh, got married to this girl from Texas who had some family connections, or you know, yeah, like, you know, it was normal people getting married, but like very sort of connected. So this, like, was, her dad was like a Texas oil man uh, on that same level, but her grandfather, but like bigger. So <laughs> so this is a big one. Yeah, and uh, I they, love Texas. By the way, those people had, are the um, best. Like they flew in a real band to play and uh journey played their you know, wedding journey it was like a wedding band but basically like the best wedding band you've ever heard and they probably had like original stuff but it was like doing all the hits like 15 people on stage like, everybody loving it killing it and uh were there some sweet belt buckles uh there were a few and just oh the other thing too is that because of their family they had like real professional security and My so we, before we went to the uh like the rehearsal dinner which was on an island you know off the coast uh, there's one dude, just a real thick neck. And I'm like, you don't look like you belong to the bride or groom. He's like, no, we're security. De-. They'd been there like a month, like planning everything out. So it was like, wow, like we were on like, like tour buses kind of thing to go yeah. to the ferry and like, you know, packages on the move, like that kind of stuff. But it was super cool. But at the wedding dinner, it was like, you know, everybody who was like friends of our buddy were sitting at the table. And then there was one local dude and his uh, lady friend. Mm-hmm. And we started talking like, oh, he's an official with the city, being kind of having fun, some laughs. A few weeks later, find out he was like a local gangster because you have to invite all those people like Tony Soprano style. Like, wow. There's like a real event happening. Like, you they take it as a sign of disrespect. And if- invite them. And uh, it's like, oh, cool. We were just like, and you were just talking to that guy, hanging out. Like, oh yeah, we'll let you know the next time we're back in town. Well, isn't that one of the coolest things? Like, you can talk to people and you have no idea who you're really. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because he was just like so vague about, oh, cool. Like, yeah, maybe he's on the city council. Yeah, yeah. I think no, he's probably on the school board. Yeah, <laughs> does some volunteer work on the weekends. So we still haven't seen the predator. But now you're but starting to get a little stopped. more. Yeah, you're starting. They're starting to reveal more of the story. So, Carl Weathers looking serious. Carl Weathers, by the way, is still jacked. Oh, there's a scorpion. <laughs> I had an idea for a short once where uh, it would be Carl Weathers on the beach, mm-hmm. charging people to run with him. Oh, that'd be great. Style. Like 25 bucks run with Carl Weathers on the beach. That would be great. And, uh, it'd be his friend, like his neighbor, whoever had the brilliant idea. Like by the end of the day, Carl's like so over it. <laughs> like, Keep I'll the money. It. See you later. It's, 
Carl Weathers played in the NFL, right? Yeah, he was a running back. Yeah, for the Raiders? Yeah. So cool. Oh. But he he's directing episodes of Magnum P.I., the TV show. Really? Yeah. Some talk about that on Twitter. How was that reboot? I haven't seen it, but uh, the, no, his wife, I vote. We went when we saw Avengers uh, Endgame. We saw okay. the Chinese. And our little uh, tradition is to go to Dave and Buster's afterwards. Perfect. And our server, who I remembered before, because we always try to sit in the adult room that's like not by the video game, just so you yeah. can kind of have a conversation. And I was so stoked for the guy because he's like, hey, I'm going to break character for a little bit. Um, this Friday night, I'm the guest star in Hawaii Five-0. And I was so stoked for the guy. That's and awesome. played the villain on that. But I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, they flew me out. Like, And it's just like these things, like when you get to see somebody who make it, ha- like, that's enough for him to keep going, man. Keep going. He's probably paid his rent for half the year. Yeah. Like, Got to go to Hawaii for a week and be on the show. And it was, oh, it was when we saw, um, black was it black panther or the other like it was when we saw another movie there it was like i remember the guy because he kind of the like, you know how you remember people like, yeah good energy or whatever yeah 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 and it was like dude i'm so excited for it like it was it was weird to like hide my enthusiasm for the guy even that's awesome it was like i felt like he wanted like, i want a game show for him or something it's the best like yeah i love when other people make it like when good things happen to people it's the best so there was um mark mealy when he the joke machine the joke machine when he worked at marie calendars there's a a kid who worked at the he was a server at the bar area there the calendars on wilshire there was one football season where he was in an at&t commercial that played non-stop yeah and he was always on tv while he was working Oh, that's awesome. And the people there would be like, yeah, it was weird that like people would go there to watch a football game, but people lived in the neighborhood. Yeah. Because there's nothing else nearby and he'd always get an applause. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So stupid of just like. When was the last time you saw the joke machine? Uh, Not too long ago. We we went to Glickman's show at the Improv. Awesome. So, uh, he's doing well. He's got yeah, two kids. And, send him my best. Yeah. He was always the such a sweet so guy. He's still writing a lot of stuff. Is he writing for a lot of stand-ups? He he never tells me who he's writing stuff for, but, like, it's so weird that you can see people's Venmo history. Like, do you ever see that? Like, it's like, because I was trying to find, like, my cousin to send him uh, some money for uh, his final, you know, just to go get, like, pizza or whatever. Yeah. And uh, just scrolling through, like, people's Venmo. Like, you just see it. It's like, oh, he's got some people paying him right now. Like. Ah, so you know he's working. It's like, all right, joke machine, being clever. Like. That kid was great. Moving here was such a cool thing. Like, you get to yeah. meet so many awesome people. So you moved out, like, early 2000? It was 2000. It was, like, September out. of oh, 2000. And that's one thing, too, in your album. Like, by the way, Jabba, which the title comes from, it's, it's a bit on the, it's a track on the record, on the album. Yep. You don't even know what to call these things anymore. But uh, and it's all a tribute to your dad from the Summer of Return of the Jedi came out. Yes. And it's hysterical, but... In the album, there's a point where you talk about how if you had enough money to move home, you would. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, people don't realize it's like sometimes you get marooned out here. Yes. So you're like, I can't really. That was part of my logic in moving here, though. Yeah. Like, because in like the 90s, when I started to entertain the idea of doing comedy, stand up was so dead that there was no road to speak of. Yeah. There was no A club in Philly. There was no place to really cut your teeth. So you had to make a choice as essentially an open micer, New York or L.A. Yeah. And then when I finally 
got the balls to leave home. Because you worked I, for like the Eagles? Yeah. Like, but I thought if I moved to New York, I would have quit. It would have because I would have been like, oh, I you can just go just home go home. Hour, it's yeah. yeah, too close. And then yeah, I remember being out here and just so poor. It sucks too. It's like, the worst. It's just because you said, and that was the time too when like, like the Sunset Strip was going like was the place to be. Yeah. And it was such a good reminder of how broke you were. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, but the cool thing was sharing those years with so many cool people. Yeah. Like being broke's not that bad if all your friends are broke. <laughs> no. Like that was a whole other world. Yeah. And like, that's when I started to feel like as comedians, we were just different from everybody. Else. I'm like, that's the audience. That yeah. stuff's there for people that hate their lives. That's stuff for normal. We have each other. And if we have enough money for Mel's, we're good. Yeah. No, cause I had a, a buddy every Sunday would be like, we'd scrape out of, of enough money to get like a couple bags of Cheetos <laughs> and maybe a six pack of like Lucky Lager, which doesn't even exist anymore. And watch The Simpsons. And you're like, all right, this in his studio apartment, which is the size of the rumor of your treehouse. Yeah, and you're like, but it was the best. And the, and he had this giant Sony Trinitron, one of those ones that weighed like 200 pounds. Yes, because a kid who worked at the Good Guys basically had a TV fall off the back of a truck for him in exchange for a deal on a bicycle. Because we both worked at the bike shop. Oh, He's that's like, hey, awesome. Give me a deal on this. I hook you up with the good guys. And it was like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, knocked 100 bucks off. He's like, cool, come get your TV. He's like, what? So it was like the TV was big enough that it took up an entire wall in his apartment. That is but, awesome. Yeah, go to Blockbuster. You know, didn't have late fees. You might be able to rent a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all you need. No. It's good time. Yeah, Sunset Strip back then was great because it was like people actually cruised back then. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, because I didn't have a car, it would take so I'd have to walk. Yeah, and you just see everything. And it was, you would feel like, oh, I could get killed right now. <laughs> yeah, they started to put up all the – and like the gas stations would get overrun. Yeah. That whole thing now, it's like you just zip right down there, like no traffic. Yeah, what they must have—they did like a no cruising law. Yeah, and they shut down the parking. And then I think people just got over it, maybe. Like, and then Coenga started to become the cool kid part. Yeah. It's so funny to see like the cool kids these days, though, just being older. Yeah. You just see like how awkward all that is. Yeah, and how sad it really is. So I, uh, a few months ago, we went out to dinner. Um, with some friends and afterwards uh, I got a buddy who's like the GM of this bar uh, in Koreatown that's super hip and like hidden behind a vending machine you gotta go through a loading dock <sighs> hilarious and, we and walked, he's, he's your buddy he's your buddy so I'm like hey dude can we come by he's like yeah like I'll yeah. get you a room like they've got these secret karaoke rooms like you can have a room till like midnight then it's resort whatever yeah and you're like dude okay awesome so it's like four just dorky people come walking in and they see these kids all dressed up and a kid was wearing shorts and like yeah you can't come in and I really thought he was going to get his parents' lawyer on the phone. He was so upset. It's like oh, the first God. time he'd ever heard the word no in his life. And then we're just like, okay, cool. Yeah, Ian said we could just go in. Like, yeah, you come now, on. Who are those people? Yeah, like these nerds are getting ahead of us. <laughs> so were you scared when you saw Predator in the theater? Would you get scared in movies? I do at get. All? Yeah, I don't like horror movies at all. I dated a girl once that loved horror movies. Yeah. And I liked her so much that I would you watch them. Dealt with it. And I don't get scared anymore, but as a kid, for sure. Oh, it gets all in your head. Yeah. Like the second time I saw Gremlins in the theater when Billy gets shot with a crossbow, yeah. I pretended I had to go to the bathroom because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want to see that again because I was so like traumatized by that. 
But that was a movie they retroactively made PG-13 when they realized how bad it messed up kids. Dude, so when it first came out, it was PG. So I remember seeing, I think it was Red Dawn. Yes. Was the first PG-13 movie ever. And how afraid were you of Russians showing up? Because oh. Suddenly. Dude, like my brother thing. and I, we would do commando <laughs> missions in our the woods behind our house to yeah. get ready with BB guns and bottle rockets. <laughs> Just in We case. were prepared. Did you have like an actual battle plan ready to go? Oh, my little brother. We had our BB guns under our beds. He had yeah, bottle rockets, Roman candles. Yeah, ready to go. <laughs> How many times did you pump it? Oh, uh, that was, yeah. You had to be careful with that. Break like, the it, skin. Yeah. <laughs> Put an eye out. I remember once we were like in a fort kind of like this. Yeah. And my brother, for whatever reason, he had one of those CO2 cartridges. Oh, those are the pellet guns. Those pellet guns. And it, he shot, we were like, be careful with that thing. He's like, what are you talking about? And he just shot it and went tink, 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 tink. And then it hit right underneath his eye, <laughs> like right underneath it. How did he react? What was he like? Did he thought he did he thought he lost? No, it was like, I think sometimes things are so serious nobody reacts. Yeah, you're just we're just like, are you are you okay? Oh, here we go. That just shot perfectly. So this is who did the effects? Who is was this like the beginning? The 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 special effects house has done everything, like forever. But they uh, this is like some of the first CGI stuff. They kind of figured that's out. what I was going to ask. But then it was creating uh, what the predator would look like was their other thing. They didn't know what like. When, did they have the, did they have the technology for the CGI in place before they shot this? They were sort of figuring out as they went along, and like, yeah, it was doing that whole like distorted view because stuff, it like still holds stuff. up. It no, still looks great. About this, it's dated. It's like watching John. other than the fact that it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> My buddy uh he used to hang out at the comedy. Do you remember JD Shapiro? Yeah. Yeah. Uh he wrote Robin Hood Men in Tights. And <laughs> he told me that when he first got to LA, he would see bad movies. I go, Wow, how'd that get made? And he said, after twenty years of being in the business, when he would see a great movie, he would go, Wow, how did that get made? <laughs> it's like don't even trust it. Yeah. That's why I used to go. Uh, there's this library. You've probably been by it a million times on La Cienega and like right at Olympic. It's like this real cool building. Oh, yeah. Film library. And you used to, I don't know if they still do it now, but they basically have a copy of every script from every movie ever made. Wow. And you could go and like, it was a reference library, but you could go with white gloves and read these scripts. And that's what I used to do like during the day when I had no money to go anywhere. I'd have enough money to pay for a parking meter. And yeah. If I didn't get a ticket. Yeah. You learned so much just seeing like how they actually wrote something out. And you learned a lot just by reading like bad movies. Yeah. And you're like, this is so stupid. Now I see why. Like, yes. Why it ended up that way. Were there any scripts that send out where you went, whoa, this is awesome. Um, the one that was the biggest loop was reading Smokey and the Bandit. Mm. There's all this backstory of how the bandit ended up in Georgia. He was a civil rights person. Like he was like helping people. Huh. Like the civil rights movement, which is actually really rad. Did that make it into the movie? No, it wasn't like because you get like the whatever. It's like the script that like got the movie signed off on to be made. And then a bunch of other ones like American Pie was hilarious. Just reading that. And well, other, uh, I've always been fascinated what action scripts must look like. Like so much of it is just like stuff's happening. 
you know, and that's a challenge too, writing like an action scene. Like, yeah, that's because you've written a ton of stuff. It's like this is just three pages of text describing what happens. And it's like it could be the most exciting stuff in the world, but you're still just like reading. You're like, all right, let's go. Yes. So. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to look online and see if I can find the Predator scripts. Oh, because I want to see if they can like describe the guns, if they just what they're doing. because you're not supposed to put like the the shots in there and stuff like that. No, you can a because, little bit, but then it's like so much of the stuff you can't plan on when you're like, OK, they're going to be in the jungle. They're going to do this. But one thing that was uh, going back to Jesse, the body's MTV teacher. Yeah. Like, that's just a beautiful shot. Badass. You see the gun. Yeah. And it shows you that it's like he's a man of the times. Like, he's so cool. Do you know Jesse the Body and Roddy, the late Roddy Piper, were in a TV show together? No. Where they played private investigators? What is this called and why haven't I heard of it? Uh, you know what? My buddy Mitch produced it. I'll find out what it was called. How but long was it on for? It, I don't think it ever aired. Oh my God. That'd be the best show ever made now. Yeah. And I think they had to rent a house that they were supposed to have lived in in Venice and they really did live there. Yeah. I'm just like, going could you imagine like Venice what, in the eighties? Talk about that. Yeah. And then his buddy, Mitch, I think they became friends like in the early seventies. And like now Mitch is one of my buddies. Nice. He's like, got the coolest stories ever <laughs> just hanging out with those guys he has the best piece of sports memorabilia i've ever seen what is it okay i'm not lying right now to okay. make friends because sometimes i do that <laughs> like sometimes i yeah. just want people to like me so i just make up stuff so they'll like me okay mitch is the coolest and we just usually go out and get a delicious sandwich and have some laughs yeah so i went to his house he i'm so in suspense right now okay he has a handwritten letter from Big John Stud. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Explaining that it is indeed Andre the Giant's hair in the Ziploc bag. <laughs> oh my god. That he cut off Andre's head himself. He's got Andre the Giant's hair in a Ziploc bag <laughs> with an, a letter of authenticity <laughs> written from the hand of Big John Stud himself. With two D's. Oh. Jesse just got it. I love Bill Duke in this because he's so concerned for his buddy. Yep. So cool. I really. Oh, there's some blood. Drew some blood. Some blood. It's green, dude. Everything about this is awesome. You know, it picks up the minigun right here and just. Yep. What I find fascinating is that there's people that are so brave and so well trained that in a situation like this, they're not scared. No. Yeah. They're not it's, running in the opposite direction. It's sort of like the weird like autopilot of training kicks in. I had that happen uh, when you texted me last night. Um, it was like right before I said play ball on a uh, Little League game. So and, great. How did you start umping Little League games, by uh, the way? Well, the story is that our neighborhood rec center um, that had a uh, they had a flyer up like back in like February for a free umpiring class. 
and I was literally like, this sounds like fun. And you got all the gear. Oh, that's awesome. Because the city's like so has such a shortage of people be an umpire that they did a uh, whole training, a six week training program with a triple A umpire, like in his off season. Whoa. Like the class ended when he had to go to spring training. And uh, yeah, it was like, you got it. But then, yeah, these parents are weird. Like how old are the kids? Uh, I've done everything from like, like coach pitch on up to like 14, 15 year old level. And they all have their own unique rules and everything else. And like some of the parents are just, and it's weird because like the parents who complain the most, are the ones you have like bigger issues than if the umpire called that a ball. Oh, for sure. You know, and it's like, it's like a team last night lost 10 to nothing and the losing team, like so many kids got rung up on third strikes just right down the pipe because they didn't swing the bat. Yeah. And you hear this parent like got different strike zones. Like, no, your kids on this team aren't swinging the bat. Like the right. team is getting hits off a of total garbage shit. Just like <laughs> putting the bat on the ball. It's like, look, they're making it happen. You got like, I don't know. It was funny, but it reminds me of that Simpsons when Homer was like, no, you have to take your feelings and press them all the way down. And then one day they'll just come out. Like, you remember when daddy threw the whiskey bottle at the referee? Remember when daddy threw the whiskey bottle at the referee? <laughs> no, but the, the thing with the training, though, is like they actually had us like on the field, like practicing like different situations. But then you're not ready for the chaos that breaks out in a game because mm. it's like these coaches want to be like sticklers on the rules but the kids don't even know how to play baseball and so like every time there was like some loony play happening it was because the kids didn't know what they were supposed to do like, yeah there was one game just as an example where uh it was 14 15 year old level so it's like if you drop a third strike you can run to first but first base was occupied so that you can't do that you can't because yeah, the guy on first base didn't run so, to second that didn't matter to these kids kid strikes out catcher drops a ball kid sticks off running catchers chasing after him which then before you could even yell time to say hey stop this you idiots the kid on first takes off running and you're like okay well let me think and like a coach was like mad at me because i like inadvertently halfway singled signaled safe when the kid was dead out at second i'm like no he's out he's out like whatever yeah and he's like, "What? Why was that?" I'm like, "Well, because I was my brain was going on a beautiful mind trying to figure out what this rule is. Yeah, so kids shouldn't have ran. Like, yeah. So back off, dude. Like, it was. It's really weird too. Of like, you're supposed to be like this authority figure, but I'm like calling these coaches, dude. You know, right? Are most of the coaches cool? Most of them are cool, and then some just. It's like they either don't. It's it's way different than when we played though, because it's like you played little league, right? Yeah, of course. And like you, practice. I'm an American, dude. <laughs> but you practice, like you practice, and then you have games. You probably practice what, like two or three times a week. Yeah. And like I don't think these kids have ever practiced. They just mm. show up and try to play. And so some of them are really good because they have like coaches. You know, parents have coaches for their kids for everything now. Yeah. And you show up and like, whoa. What do you mean they hire somebody to? But yeah, like at how old? Like little kids. Like you, uh, I've got a friend who every now and again we go to the uh, batting cages in Burbank, the Batcade. Yeah. Which is hysterical. I really used to live right stuff. down the street from the batting cages in Sherman Oaks. It's one of my so favorite places fun. on earth. But yeah, you see these coaches there with these kids like grooming them for that swing for the perfect launch angle and stuff. And then meanwhile, kid gets up there with his hands crossed up and like the umpire, you kind of like low key give him a tip like, hey, dude, move your hands, kid. Like, yeah. What? But then. Yeah, so it's it's a real interesting split in the skill level in terms mm. of like the range between the kid playing right field and the kid playing like shortstop. You know, are they having fun? They're definitely having fun. That's everything. But some of the yeah, but like last night was a playoff game, and so it was a big deal. And like all the cousins showed up of the players, 
And so I was just like, for a little bit, I was like, this could get really ugly really quick. They're like, they're probably like 15 pit bulls on leashes, like around home plate behind the fence of just like people's cousins and uncles showing up to watch the game. Like yeah. everybody brought their dogs out. And are they allowed to stand there? Yeah, yeah they're just. And how they, old were these kids? Uh, these kids last night were like nine and 10. But then like last week, the 11 and 12 year old game when the teams are actually really good, a dude who was heckling a call I made behind home plate. It might have been a little low, but at this level, it's like whatever. Yeah. It, yeah. it didn't even affect the. Dude, it's eleven year olds playing yeah. baseball. Relax. And it was, it was a low and inside pitch, and it didn't even affect the outcome of the at bat. But the guy just wouldn't shut up about it to the point that I had to be like, "Dude, go just sit over there. Like you're you're scaring the kids." Find out after the game, he was not affiliated with either team. He just showed up to drink beer and heckle. <laughs> And I was like, oh, God, whenever I feel bad about my life, (laughs) it's kind of sad. Oh, here's our first look. And you just get a hand like this is a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many different ways to a surgical kit. Horror movie, sci fi. Action. Did you watch the new one? No, I, I think I fell asleep in the first 10 minutes. I never watched Dumb and Dumber. Er. <laughs> I never watched Caddyshack 2. Oh, I, Caddyshack 2 is the first movie I ever got mad at as a kid. Yeah. So I went and saw that and it was so. It was played at the downtown theater in our, our hometown. I, I remember I went like on a weekend afternoon, like little kid, like rode my bike up there and just left mad. Like I've hated Jackie Mason ever since from yeah, seeing that, that movie. Him and the Dan Aykroyd, that was the first time I was ever mad. At but Dan yeah, Aykroyd. that was. Dan Aykroyd's biggest mistake. So, but nothing but trouble though. If you ever saw that one, Ugh. at least it had that cool song by Digital Underground. Yeah. Was that same song? Mm-hmm. And I always forget Tupac was in Digital, Digital Underground. Underground. Yeah, but they talk about him in some songs. Like if you listen to some of the, like their earlier stuff, they're like I'm da- fooling around with Tupac, and Tupac even mentions them. He's like when I clown around at the underground. So yeah. true. What were the names of your video stores you'd go to? Um, well, so there was Eric Theaters. There was oh, the United Artists. I'm trying to remember oh, yeah, your yeah. last question. Then I remember when AMC showed up, we were yeah. like, oh, this is real. real. This is the good stuff. And then there used to be like. Do you remember when the seats moved? When they started? Incredible. Oh, like. And then there was like a lot of independent theaters still yeah. then. And there were independent theaters where you could. Because cable wasn't what it was there was definitely no internet and it yeah. was before vcrs okay. so i remember seeing rocky 2 in the theater like 20 times because it was like at a dollar movie theater <sighs> that had to be so much fun rocky 3 was the first one it was great the theater but i remember we had there was a place that was simply called the videotape library <laughs> that's such a good name yeah not very creative and then the first chain to move in was Errol's. Okay. Which was a regional chain. Okay. And then they got bought out by Blockbuster. Wow. Okay. And then when a Blockbuster showed up, it was like game over. Yeah. So yeah, Blockbuster didn't come to our hometown until I was either in high school or like freshman year of college. And that was like awesome. Video Kingdom and uh video warehouse were like, You're like, look at how many plate look, they had so many titles. <laughs> How, because you've got two brothers, mm-hmm. how did you guys decide on what to rent at a, at the, would you each get to pick a movie or do you have to come Sometimes. To it would all, I, I think it just changed as time went on. I do remember my dad like getting a sense of pride for picking out the movies. Yeah. Like I stopped by Blockbuster <laughs> on the way home and he would have a bag yeah. of movies. 
and he would pull them out of the bag. He's like, I got a picture we can all enjoy. It's a little something called Caddyshack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then yeah. I got a women's picture for your mother. We don't have to watch it. But babe, it's got Susan Lucci in it. You like her, right? <laughs> And then I remember once I was like 15 years old or 16 and I was so embarrassed because he was doing that because he would knew like he was like, I kept track of everything. My nobody loves movies more than my dad. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Like I remember when he was aware of what cable television was, he used to pull up next to cable trucks and be be like, what are you coming to this neighborhood? And he'd give a zip code. And we were the first people in our whole area to have cable TV. Wow. It was the best. But like, so how, how popular were you then with the uh, everybody in the neighborhood? I was still so young that it didn't really matter. Okay. Um, but that was really cool. And then I remember the day we picked up our VCR at Sears. And I remember my mom not really understanding it. Then what do you have HBO for? But babe, we get to pick these films. Yeah. But don't they cost money? And then my dad, like, in the rearview mirror. Like not even acknowledging my mom just makes eye contact with us in the backseat is three yeah. boys. And he goes, you see, guys, sometimes chicks, they just don't get it. <laughs> I remember him saying that big picture. He just they just they just don't get it. So this I was probably 15 or 16 years old. And yeah. I maybe it wasn't even Blockbuster yet. Maybe it was from the videotape library or some other little in the, but he was pulling out all these movies and he was like, Mark, I got you this and babe, I got you this. And then he was like, Hey Steve, I got you something. And he pulled out of the bag and he was like, Alyssa Milano. And it was like poison Ivy two or something. And he goes, she gets naked in that. Yeah. And he goes like this, he goes, you can watch this after we go to bed, buddy. And I was so embarrassed. (laughs) I was like, like, I just wanted to jump into a wood chipper. So awkward. (laughs) It was the worst. I was probably, maybe I was older. I could have been 20. I don't know. uh, well, it was like one of the last times I like hung out with my dad, not to go dark, but yeah. uh, he and his nephew, like my cousin, who's sort of, I think he was looking back now, like just think about it, he was probably like kind of a slacker between homes, was crashing at my dad's place. Yeah. And I was there for a visit. So it was like cousin Randy, my dad, young lady Chatterley 2 came on <laughs> and you're just sitting there like, Cinemax late well, night yeah, dirt, like 12, 13 years old, just like, okay, I'm not watching that, like, but I kind of am. And then just... <laughs> The whole awkwardness. (laughs) The best. Life is so awesome. So when uh, you got cable, like how long did how long did it take for you to like pick up on uh, what everything meant in the cable guide, like the AAC for adult content? Oh, not long at all. Would you? Well, by the time like you get to middle school, yeah. Like I would just stay up so late just waiting, and I have a book. It says AO adult adults only, and I'm like, they're just speaking French. (laughs) Can I just see a nipple so I can go to bed? don't realize like the struggle of what it was like to get to see a just a, a boob. boobs then you you would ask to see movies like i remember there was like a jane curtain comedy called like how to beat the high cost of living or something like that yeah and there was a boob scene in that it was like a pg movie but the, they used to do that like in the beginning of a pg movie there'd always be a gratuitous nude scene yeah and then my mom would cover our eyes oh, and my little brother would be like i looked through her fingers did you look for her fingers <laughs> keep your eyes open like the so, scene in I, stripes yeah when the shower mm-hmm. scene like and that would be another thing when i was like 13 i'm like well she's starting the shower here we go the um i've been doing a bit lately about what instagram was like in the 80s what was it it was the poster rack at a shitty music store 
<laughs> where you just go and like so they, true they, like you know poster you know, rack was do kids still have posters i think they do but not not like the level of like where everybody would have like the same michael jordan poster same right Lamborghini, but it'd be like you know instead of in just the effort you had to go through to see boobs yeah you know like where be like you couldn't get an uber to the like had to beg your mom for a ride to the mall yes and then go to the record store and just be like scrolling through everything i think there was a samantha fox poster where like she was wearing like a a wet tank top you could see her nipples you're like thank you god thank you god how long can you look at that before the record store employee would yell at you did i remember um i was like 15 or 16 i was hanging out with these cool skateboarder kids and they were the ones that showed me the technique they would go into barnes and noble whatever the bookstore was i think we had b dalton books in philly yeah at the mall and he would take a penthouse but then put it in his thrasher magazine so he would just look at the nudie pictures but everybody thought he was looking at thrasher i'm like you're a genius (laughs) That is like some MacGyver level kid stuff. Yeah. Like I did that old, like everybody's done that joke about looking for the porno mag in the woods. Yeah. But I did it like Like, 15 years ago. That was the only place that was safe to stash stuff. That's why things ended up in the woods. Hilarious. That's like that ended up being a lot. It was like the telltale heart, you know, where you're like, kids would draw treasure maps. Now you're going to come across the stump of an oak tree. Take three pet paces to the left and you're going to see a moss covered rock. <laughs> you know what the uh, adult equivalent of that now is? It's people leave beers out on like hiking trails and like mountain biking trails. Oh, do they? Yeah. It's like a thing where people like take a picture and post it on Instagram of like a tree stump or something. And inside like a six pack of beer. To they just it pay trail. it forward yeah, to somebody like, else. You know, you're just sitting there like good spots. Take a break, like drink a beer that's been sitting outside for a while. It's great. I remember seeing like teenagers coming across their stash in the woods of like beer and stuff yeah. like that. And I remember drinking like a can of warm bush beer <laughs> at like 13. Did you get drunk or just? Sick? No, I just took a sip and I was like, oh, who could drink this? <laughs> and then like a few short years. It, later. Yeah. I'm like, dude, when are we getting beer? Yeah. <laughs> Like Don't cry for me. I'm already dead. <laughs> Just how industrious they are with like building their booby traps and stuff. And that's the thing on the Rambo trailer that looks so good was like he's building some real traps so that he's got time. So cool. But I, I didn't realize, too, how much time passed between the last one. Yeah. Because you're like, wait, it has been like eight or nine years. So Dude, I've seen them all. Did the last one, the. One in uh, Cambodia was awesome. So that uh, might actually be my favorite one. Do you remember that? For I think for whatever reason, I don't know if this is true, but I think there used to be a trailer for that, but that I, I haven't been able to find it. Where like he was reading the prayer of Saint Francis or something, which was like, let me, like it's all about giving and love and yeah. kindness and like this, but all this violent stuff. Maybe it was a fan that mashed it up together or I something like that. I've, but yeah. it was so cool. There have been a few trailers in my lifetime that like were so awesome I couldn't get to sleep after seeing yeah. it. Like I remember when they seeing the trailer for Rocky Balboa. Yes, when he when, does the whole like the monologue, yeah. you know? Yeah, and just I was keep punching. Uh huh. You're just like, and I remember it was like three o'clock in the morning in L.A. and calling my <laughs> calling my brothers in Philly. They're like up. you have to, yeah. Like, when I saw Rambo, I felt so bad because I had plans with a buddy to go see it Sunday night mm-hmm. and then just randomly like looked up the show times and saw there was a midnight Thursday showing at the Grove. Yeah, I gotta go and for I'm it. I'm like, 
I'm doing the, it was like 1130 at night when I looked, so I got there right in time. It was all just dudes and like a whole group of like 12 guys were on red headbands. Oh, that's great. And, uh, I called like I called the only person, a buddy in Seattle, the only one who might have been up after it was over. Just tell him how awesome it was. And the Jack in the Box drives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good life. Yes, upsize it. Anyway, the best part was early fries. <laughs> and then Sunday night, I had to like pretend I never saw it, which is I felt so bad. But the guy who was like the like the loudmouth Englishman, mm-hmm. he was there with his buddy seeing it. Oh, that's cool. Like, this is awesome. I remember years ago reading an interview with Quentin Tarantino. And I don't know if this, if I'm remembering correctly, and I don't, I for certain don't know if this is still his ritual. But he said when there was something he really wanted to see, he would always go see it by himself first. And then would go see it with friends. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Because it so gives you, you, there's something about watching it by yourself that's really you awesome. Really process it, and, but then there's also something even more cool about sharing it with friends. friends. Yeah, like when there's something cool and you just want to lock eyes, just like you see that, and you go back like your eyes high five, and you're like awesome, and back to the screen. Booby trap. Did you ever make booby traps? Tried to. My yeah. grandma did to me once. Really? When we were, uh, we just kept ringing the doorbell, and she somehow rigged up a knife to come out i have no idea how she did it my grandma was like she's like sort of semi-homicidal but then could like bake the most delicious apple pie you've ever had sounds like the perfect sawdust (laughs) perfect grandma she was so mad that i actually opened the door and it was this little steak knife came shooting out like a rubber band (laughs) it was like how did she do that i don't know but like we did try like the the big one we tried for like a whole summer was uh setting up a coat hanger with like aluminum cans mm-hmm. just like tied up and to catch it on the undercarriage of a car and that never worked and somebody was convinced it worked because they had a cousin who had it work once <laughs> my friend knows these teenagers that made it work <laughs> how about this though so cool. like this is the most it's coming up we're getting a little early but it's the like, Carl Weathers does not go out like a sissy in this one. Mm-mm. Like right here. You see why him and Dutch were friends. <sighs> so cool. That's the first look right there. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Perfect. Buffy is. Are we okay in time? Yeah. Okay. You're on your press tour for this though. Mm-hmm. Oh, with uh, Java. Yeah, it's the, the best podcast circuit. And I'm like, I should be doing this all the time anyway. <laughs> How? Because uh, it's just fun to hang out no, with buddies. It's, it's a two. We're recording this on a Tuesday at like four. It's four o'clock. Now. We had a delicious yeah. Cuban sandwich. What's yeah. the name of that place again? Uh, Division three. Amazing. So one in uh, Division Street in Glassell Park, which is across the river from Silver Lake. A short five minute journey. And then uh, they've got another location in uh, Hollywood. They do uh, sandwiches and stuff like that. But the uh, 
How's the reception been on Jot? Like people digging it? Yeah, people really like it. Because you recorded it in Calgary, right? Yeah, Canadians are the best. So, They're so it too, awesome. Like, when you set it up of like, this material's been killing everywhere but Los Angeles. It's the <laughs> it truth. It's so true. It's the truth. So what's the challenge of uh, going up the Canadian? Is there anything that doesn't translate? Nope. No, you just... <laughs> no, it's, the, it's just... Uh, you like you're from the Midwest. Yeah. P- people are just better there. They're kinder. There's a sense of community. There's still common courtesy and common decency. And Canada's like that. It's like, oh, this is the America I grew up in. Yeah. Where I'm like, still. it's like 1987 up here. Yeah. In just in terms of human interaction. And I love that. Like so, people are still good to each other. There's early in the CD, you're talking about flying to Canada and they're like with the Canadian ninjas, which is yeah. hysterical. And they're like, oh, let the American do it. It'll be his first good thing he's done all week. That joke, I, I mean, that so I, I said that my first time on stage in Canada because it was yeah. a true story. And then part of the reason, like I love, Yuck Yucks in Calgary is one of the best clubs I've ever played because it's set up very similar to the OR. Okay. But it's just, and the OR is my favorite room. Even when we have like Hollywood douchebags in there, but imagine a great a room set up perfect for comedy with the most loving, kind, awesome staff. Like this lady Angie, that like it's like the GM or whatever. Yeah. She always brings me regional treats from oh. Canada. <laughs> the exotic and, flavors of chips. Yeah, like, like yeah, cheesies and like these different Canadian <laughs> things that you just get candy bars that you just can't so get in just America. Going to a grocery store in a foreign country is so much fun. so much fun because you're like, what is this? Yeah, it's the best. I love. Ketchup so, chips. You're like, I'll time, give it a, that's a Canadian old delicacy. Dutch. Yeah, it's great. First time we went to uh, Canada, though, I got a box of cereal at a grocery store that Wayne Gretzky on it. Perfect. Which you wouldn't get in Nebraska. <laughs> no, I love that stuff, though. I love those little tiny different, like it's beginning of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. It's the little differences. <laughs> uh, so I, they were always so good to me. I wanted to record a CD there and uh, I did it. I, like, I didn't think the material was really ready. But I was like, well, I'm going to Canada in a couple weeks. Maybe it'll be ready. Yeah, Yeah, let's just see. And I went, you know what? This is good. Uh, I made a conscious effort to make the tracks a little bit shorter so they can get – because there was a lot of good stuff on What's Up Nerds that nobody ever heard because they didn't play it on the radio because the tracks were like eight, nine minutes long. So I went, okay, let me just try to get my point across. How can I break up a 20-minute story into – Three three or four different ones. Yes. Which is really good because it's like – you go like man on fire, like there's yeah. a whole uh, Denzel section. Yeah, because the Denzel Washington stories. I mean, if you really think about it, it's 20 minutes long. But it's per like it's like it, like yeah, it's funny. It's a really good progression of like how somebody just a normal person can end up hanging out with Denzel Washington. <laughs> the coolest. LA's the best. Like I always criticize this city, but there's a lot of good stuff too. I don't think I'll miss it when I'm gone because I don't want to stay. But I don't know, man. Like, do you uh, think you'll stay here forever? You have this sweet house. I don't know. My wife would move if I said let's move. She'd have. Where's she from? Uh, she's from Louisiana, but her parents live in Tennessee now, and they're getting older, so she wants to be. Yeah. And the other day, she actually hatched a plan to. She's like, we can sell the house and buy a condo in Nashville. Yeah. And I'll get you. Then she's like, and I think she just sort of wanted to ditch me, but she's like. I'll get you a house in Nebraska. <laughs> like, like we'll do that. We'll have a house. You'll, you'll, you can live in Nebraska because I know you don't want to live in Tennessee. But then. Dude, the people down there are so nice. Oh, it's. Uh, like, I love. I just. Not to cut. Go ahead. Say. No, no, yeah. No, no. Go. Uh, over the holidays, uh, we always see one of her college friends. 
and they just moved out to this town. It's sort of be like if Solvang were a suburb of Nashville. Cool. Called Leaper's Fork. And uh, it was everybody's got these little picturesque, almost like quasi farmhouses. Yeah. But it's a town and their neighbors are Kid Rock. And he lives in two trailers that are connected. Awesome. And then uh, Chase Headley, the uh, former uh, New York Yankee. And it's wow. so just we are like, oh, yeah, they're just there. And then Justin Timberlake lives there. So because like the whole town turned out to be in a, one of his videos. Wow. And you're like, this is so just weird. You know, well, I think that's one of the really cool things about the Internet that you don't need to be in New York and L.A. anymore no. to do cool stuff. And it's like I, I love the comedy store. I'm not ready to leave the comedy store. And but there's all these great things about L.A. that I just don't take advantage of. Like, I don't remember the last time I went, I was at the beach. Oh, I've been been in years. Like, I'm going to make a conscious effort this summer to get to the beach. Yeah, I'm going to do some sit-ups real fast. Dude, I'm, but it's like, there's all this cool stuff we just don't don't do. And then I'm like, I just want to be around nice people. That's it. I just want to be around, eat something delicious, be around cool people, and watch Arnold movies. (laughs) Yeah, uh uh-oh. Here's where Carl's going to get it. But I like this is arguably the most heroic death in any 80s action movie. He's got him. His arm just gets blown off, which this freaked me out. That the that his hand's still pulling the trigger. But he's like, you know so, what? I got another arm. I've got another gun. Let's go. I have a friend of mine that's a former army ranger that was yeah. a professional MMA fighter. Oh, God. <laughs> And he didn't tell me the story. The promoter of the, the fight told yeah. me the story that he was. Oh, it's so cool. He was in Vegas in his first fight and he got caught in a movie. He shouldn't have got caught at, but he refused to tap to an arm yeah. bar. So the guy broke his arm <sighs> and he wound up knocking the guy out with his other hands in the Whoa. third round. So they, it was it was broken like Steven Seagal style, I guess. Oh, which was that move. You remember just the whole. Uh, how about this? You guys talk about you talk about this with uh, just the recap of seeing Predator on Java is so priceless. Well, the weird thing is, like, I had the bit just off of recollection. Yeah, and then I went back and I'm like, no, this this is what happens, kind of. Yeah, where he just cuts himself right here. Yeah, I remember my older brother being like, "This was so cool." Just like, come on, let's go. <laughs> doesn't even care. So what's your summer coming up? You got a bunch of you going on tour? Well, my younger brother is expecting his fourth baby. Ooh. Yeah. Now, is that more pressure on you to have kids from like? No. Or you're no. off the hook now. Yeah, I'm totally <laughs> off the hook. It's such a good feeling. Yeah. I mean, I would like I, I part of the reason why I started to do the predator bit was because last May, um, actually it was a lot of the album came to me last May. I was in Denver for Mother's Day weekend, and it was great because I got to do a clean show. It's weird having conversation and wanting to see what the sweet action that's going on. It's a tough balance where I'm like, I want to keep the conversation going, but I'm also loving the movie. Like (laughs) we could have very easily just been like, this is our podcast watching Predator. And then you just would have heard for two hours. Awesome. Cool. You just got shot there. Oh, hold on. Hold on. (laughs) 
<laughs> like so kids good. know that line, but they don't know where it where came comes from. from. They just notice they get to the chopper. Like like I had a friend who just never saw Caddyshack, mm-hmm. but knew to say Noonan when somebody was going to. That's that, awesome. Like, was it a pressure pack moment? And he, he didn't realize. He's like, no, it's just the Noonan. I'm like, no, it's from Caddyshack. And he was like, it was funny. I'm uh-huh. like, this, it's like watching The Simpsons when you get older. And then you pick up like the real jokes in the thing. Yeah, dude. So, the 90s Simpsons. Are there was uh, a block sale last summer in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. and this guy who lives up on the other side of our street. It was just like looking through the stuff that was up on their sidewalk. I was like, we would be really good friends, like guaranteed. Yeah, I bought like four years worth of Simpsons seasons from them for like five bucks. Oh, that's and just awesome. Watched them all in like the span of. You forget how good they are. So good. Isn't there a Fox, like an FX app where you can just watch Simpsons I on it? I think they are, but you have to pay extra for it. Okay. So, because it put me on this big kick of like, that was a nice dive Arnold had. Or a stunt man. Just doing the whole swim in the air. But but now this is where it's become an Arnold movie. He's the yeah. last one left. Man, this movie's so good. And it's just shot perfect. So do you think Predator's better than Command? Like, how would you rank Predator and Commando? I don't know. Um, right now, at this second, <laughs> I would say Predator. But I have to go back and watch Commando again. Commando's so just perfect and dull. Like, the whole uh, shootout in the mall. and Dude, I'm so bummed. So bummed that the Sherman Oaks Galleria did that before I moved to Sherman Oaks. Because, like, I mean, to know Fast Times at Richmond High and Commando were shot there. Yeah. And but you can't really recognize it. It's it's heartbreaking. Like, no, it really happened here. Did you did you see a star is born? Yes. The grocery store you would have passed coming up our hill. Yeah. That's where they filmed it. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's like the local tourist attraction now. It's hysterical. And I remember the night they filmed it there because I went to just run down and get like a six pack. And I'm like, what do you mean you're closed for filming? And there was nobody there because it was just the empty parking lot. And they had all the equipment, the crew trucks off to the side. And I'm like, what the? I guess they're filming a movie. That's another thing where you just get jaded in the city like i remember when i first moved out here i was like they're filming a movie down the street yeah they're filming a, and my friend's like oh that's probably just a commercial yeah and i was like but it's still cool and now you're just like oh you're gonna take my parking spot oh it was, he, and then we saw the tra- like trailer for it. i'm like wait that's our super a that they were at i still love that i still love like driving down streets that like i would hear on chips and stuff like yeah. that or in but songs chips was all filmed out this way because they the first couple of seasons the two freeway was uh still under construction so they just would film on a section of freeway oh that's awesome up. but yeah i asked the 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 kid who works at i see all the time at the grocery store I'm like what was it like uh the movie he's like you just complained about how clean they had to get the grocery store for lady gaga he's like Hilarious. our managers made us get it so clean <laughs> Dice was great in that movie. Yeah. He was great. It's cool to see him do stuff like that. Because he's in the he's Woody a great Allen actor. movie, too, or you're like... He's awesome. Now, when was the last time you saw Commando? I haven't seen that in years. Mm, probably a few months ago. Really? It's, I've, I've probably... It, that, Predator, Top Gun, Smoking the Bandit, Roadhouse. Those the classics. Like, 
those are all ones where you're like you look on Netflix for like half an hour and you're like I'm gonna go back to what I watch. I know I do that all the time where I'm like, like junk junk don't want to see it who made this not interested all right let's watch Animal House again yeah. and it's uh with Lone Wolf McQuaid I ended up watching that so many times in one week that I got a whole uh section of Chuck Norris movies. Oh, that's like awesome. Octagon, which is really bizarre. Now, I'm going to go back and watch because for whatever reason, Lone Wolf McQuaid slipped through the cracks. But that ins- directly inspired uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. I was, say, was that like a soft pilot? No, it was unintentional, but he's like, and especially the beginning of it, because the guy who wrote Lone Wolf McQuaid also wrote Red Dawn, John Milius. And it wow. starts out like the first, I know Commando's, or not Commando, but Predator's getting deep right now, but... The first 10 minutes of Lone Wolf Equator, like a Sergio Leone, like spaghetti Western. And then he's like, takes out this cartel of horse smugglers. And he's like, oh, I got to go to an awards ceremony back in town. And it's like no big deal that he just like wiped out 50 people. Oh, it's the greatest. <laughs> that made me really appreciate all those Chuck Norris jokes. Yeah. Because like, it's. He was like awesome. He walked by me in Vegas once. Really? How was that? Like. Legit starstruck. Does he's, he's small? He is. It's my size. Yeah, but you're you're a big guy. You're like you're not. Th- like you're, you're, yeah, but he's not. Tall. You've worked out. Like he's like a very slim. Like shows you don't need muscles to kick ass. <laughs> that's a, that's one of the coolest things about like the UFC and stuff. Yeah. Like in the '80s, I really thought whoever had bigger muscles was, was going to win fight. fight. Always. Yeah. Up until like. The Bash Brothers, like through that <laughs> baseball steroid. Yeah. If somebody, if I heard somebody was on steroids, I assume that that meant it would be the same feeling I get now when somebody goes, "That guy's a black belt in jujitsu." Like, steroids? No, they're gonna the steroids are gonna kick in. Yeah. And then you just you know see real fights and a guy that just knows what he's doing. Oh, you know what's a really good action movie? I don't know why. Knows what he's doing. Yeah, Dude, man on fire. Oh, that is so good. Right, because remember when he's training the little girl? Yeah, he's only two types of people: skilled and unskilled, or whatever. Yeah, he's training her. Or even just like the beginning of it too, of like where they're doing all the swim practice and stuff. Yes, that's what I mean. Where it's like he's just like go. Yes, and uh, yeah. Oh, just when he cuts the dude's fingers off, it's like tied to the steering wheel. I wish you had more time. So, and then oh, just man, that's scary. Just rip out of the spine. <laughs> How many times do you have to watch this before you figured out that the predator is just a hunter? Like, I, I think I watched it like I at least a lot. Okay, because he's way smarter than me. But I don't. Okay, it it's probably been twenty years since I saw this, and then I saw it on a plane. Yeah. I watched I Fast Times at Ridgemont High on a plane not too long ago. It still hold up? It held up, and I just wanted to see if they left the bikini scene in. And I felt yeah. so bad, but I had I to, like, so young take a picture of that real quick. Just be like, living my best life. The best. I remember but, them saying that in Trading Places, the scene where you see, uh, what's, what's Jamie Lee Curtis. Her boobs. Yes, which yeah. come out of nowhere, by the way. Yeah, the best. <laughs> She's like, my mom was fast enough to watch uh, on that. Um people would return the tape and it would be hilarious because we will watch it so many times that's how we, like figure it like just that whole thing of like 
did that with uh, Vacation with uh, Christy Brinkley skinny dipping. Because oh. like if you look close enough, you could see some side boob. Because she, you I didn't. Might be my favorite kind of boob. It is. It's the best. That and under boob. I was just want to say that. <laughs> it's a good battle right there. Side boob versus under boob. I really have like figured out at like seven. I'm like boobs are good. Boobs yeah. Are delicious. It's got his war paint. He's hiding the uh, thermal imagery. Did we so. already see the scene where he sort of figures out where um, the predator walks by him when he slides down the mud? No, I think that's coming. Because he's he makes himself invisible right here. Yeah. What uh, what was the first R-rated movie you saw by yourself at by the theater? Myself. Like, did you get a sneak in, or did you? I remember the first R-rated movie I ever saw, and this is wildly inappropriate. Yeah. But my dad was such a comedy fan. And he would like sort of like he would read the listings and be like, I think this will be okay. <laughs> yeah. And it was after like a guinea Sunday dinner at my grandmother's house. There was a movie theater. It was the same movie theater where I saw Flash Gordon. Yeah. It's the same movie theater where I saw my first rated R movie. I was six years old. It was Blues Brothers in 1979. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did you even understand what was happening? Like, like. Not really. Like, I remember the opening scene with Frank Oz. Yeah. Because that movie's like, it's hilarious, but it's like a six year old. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's just like, fun. Like, yeah. car chases. Oh, that car chase is ridiculous. Yeah, you know, great car chases, a lot of music. Yeah. John Belushi's funny face. Yeah. <sighs> Flash Gordon, though. That was good. I remember seeing that at the theater. That's I went. That's one of the movies where I go back and watch it, and it's better every time I see it. That's the first. Uh, album i bought on my own like own money flash gordon soundtrack dude me and my buddy 33 curtis from the comedy store the yeah. manager we 33 uh lp yes That's so good flash. Ah, savior so of the universe so so good i think there's coming out with a there's a documentary coming out about flash gordon of just the making of it because it was such a crazy movie now did they ever make that sequel like there used to be before the oh with the to be continued yes. uh they never like that never happened i wonder if that's sitting in a vault somewhere with bon Scott do, do, do. <laughs> like all those sort of like urban legend yeah. things i wonder what's real and what's not they might be which you can't pull like the wool over people anymore these no. days no. as you like just can't do like because you used to be able to, like, when I was in seventh grade, Axl Rose was dead for a full week in our town because nobody could confirm it. Wow. What I do find amazing is that the marketing for movies has gotten so sophisticated that they can bombard opinion for their opening weekend. Yeah. And terrible movies can make all their money back in one weekend. Yeah. The key is, like, all those horror movies, they know... They make it like the uh, Blumhouse, Jason Blumhouse, like does all the insidious movies and stuff. They know if they're like, if we make it for this much money, there's enough of a horror crowd that they always know there's going to do about $30 million in business the first uh, weekend. Wow. Because there's so many people who are just going to go see a horror movie because it's out. Yeah. So they like their That's sweet spot is like three to seven million dollars for a horror movie. And like Get Out was like made for five million dollars. 
So it was funny. My brother, it's like a few months ago, asked me like if he should invest in somebody's movie idea, and which took me off guard that he would because it was a friend of a friend asked him for a couple million dollars to make this sci-fi movie. And I had to give him the whole breakdown. I'm like, no, dude, like that's going to if you're lucky, that'll end up on Netflix, like a section nobody will look at because yeah. it's like you can't make a unless you're like a ridiculously talented graphic artist or you're not going to make that on your own for that much like a real sci-fi like big special effects movie yeah and then i was like dude just make like get out or something he's like then he starts thinking about it because that's what brain surgeons do you know like too much money on their hands like oh i could be a movie producer dude i remember seeing um uh what's his face played sam on um the guys in all those b movies oh god um Sidekick from Burn Notice, uh, Evil Dead. Uh, 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 the Bruce Campbell. Yes. Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I was going to say the dark-haired guy. He was like, yeah, you just got to become friends with dentists. Yeah. They're always looking for ways to invest their money. Oh, yeah. Then my brother was like, he's got another bar he's investing in this summer. What's your brother? Uh, Des Moines, Iowa. So he's like. That whole area's taken off. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, I, uh. Yeah, they just built their big crazy house there. But he uh, said the brewery's going to name beers after the partners of the bar or whatever. So they're going to do like a kingpin inspired Munson beer. So I was like, dude, you got to do that. It could be like Uncle Roy's like lager or something. So I was like giving him like naming ideas. Right. Stupid. But Predator's meeting his match here. The Arnold. Well, I, what I forgot about what how cool this was, and it, it is taking me back to that conversation in the car. Yeah. With my dad and brothers afterwards, that like the movie opens up with all the sophisticated weapons. Yeah. But now it's just just like, mono, mono. Yeah, fire Like that shot where it came with the the bow and arrow. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Arnold's got his little playground. What do you think of Predator Two? With Danny Glover, it uh, it's supposedly good. I I that was one that I rented when I was a kid. I rented and got like really mad because it's set in, like just in downtown L.A. and Danny Glover's the Arnold role, and it's supposedly from a sci-fi standpoint, it's really good. But I'm like, how did they even make this in terms of Danny Glover is going to replace Arnold Schwarzenegger? You know, can you imagine like that pitch meeting of like how how are we going to top this? We got Arnold now. We got Danny Glover. The guy, the guy from Lethal Weapon. Yep. Who else? That's it. Like, sucks. But that it really got into more of like the Predator mythology. Oh, that stuff. So, how are we doing on time? Are we cut, close. close? But there's just a couple minutes left. Yeah. He's. You've got another uh, meeting to go to. Like. You know what it is? It's a thing for Brody. Oh, okay. Yeah. Brody Stevens. Mm-hmm. That was. Yeah, a bunch of people are meeting and. Okay. Figuring out ways to keep his legacy. That's all. Like. All those true, like from the Cubs and Red Sox, were just like so awesome. Um, but all right, what? Uh, where are you gonna be this summer, like gig wise? Because uh, you're doing it. Is it Atlanta and like Florida with Joey? Yeah, I'm doing New Orleans and Atlanta with Joey Diaz. Um, I'm working on a cruise ship in July. Yes. Where are you going? Where are you going? No. You're just on the ship? Yeah, I'm just on the ship. Is it... Uh, I was asking all those questions about the chopper wreckage. I'm like... Okay. I might be <laughs> that when I'm on one of those... Cruises? An excursion? Yeah. And then um, I'm going to try to take some time off. Like, I really want to get the album on satellite radio. 
And my goal this summer is to sit with an editor yeah. and take all the shows I've filmed and see what content I have that I can chop up and share. Did you them. watch the Adam Sandler special? On yes, a, I loved that it. was my favorite one of the year. I loved it. last year, and just the way that was edited. Yeah, where you'd see him like, oh, it's, he's working on a bit to like now he's on a stage, but it's the same bit. Yeah, you awesome. could totally cut something up like, well, like I also that. Just like, wanted to have minute videos for Instagram. Yeah, and start a YouTube channel because it's like I don't really think you need a Netflix special anymore. I think you just need nobody watch like there. people don't even watch like no it's like dude i can't remember the last time i I moved into a new place a couple weeks ago yeah i don't even have my tvs hooked up i just haven't had time because i've been in and out yeah traveling so much that's really so sweet glow trail of blood (laughs) so thanks for coming over though thanks for letting me hang out so yeah this is the fort this again we can we can uh Watch oh, one thing I thought of too, because I've been I kind of like keeping a list of movies to like with people to like have kind of connection was when uh, Doc was on your podcast, Good Times, which you should subscribe to, Good Times with Steve Simone. Uh, you guys talked about The Last Dragon. Oh man, that movie awesome. <laughs> Just the whole, and I remember when you guys talked about The Last Dragon, I met up with uh, some younger people, but I was on such a last dragon kick. I made him watch the final scene <laughs> on YouTube. Like yeah. They were just like, what, what is this? I'm like, he catches a bullet in his teeth. <laughs> it's Bruce Leroy. <laughs> uh, I want to, I didn't talk as much. Like I want you on good times, but I want to yeah. get more into you. Okay. No, it's so, um, that is what I got. Uh, I'd be but free. Like, should, yeah, should do a podcast. This week. Oh, for sure. It'll be fun. So he, and this is such a great idea for that people. <laughs> oh boy, that scared me right there, and I knew it was coming. It's like, huh, look at them. It's like you realize Arnold. You've met Arnold before, haven't you? Mm-hmm. He's taller but still kind of shorter than you think but yeah it's like he's not a little guy but he's still just like i always thought he was like six three six four like the way he got picked up like five like five nine five eight like he's he's not as small as you think but he's still kind of a big dude the one guy still needs me to spell that would be incredible when tali shire came to the comedy store I remember working an event where Bert Young, Paulie's artwork was displayed. <laughs> yeah. And I used to see Carl Weathers all the time at the gym. So R- Stallone's the only guy. missing one. Would you? He's s- not tall at all either. No, he's a little dude. Um, did you? Would you say that he's your uh, like big? It was your biggest like hero growing up, like like movies. Bill Murray. Yeah. Which makes well, sense because you I were. I love Rocky and action movies. Bill Murray makes sense though because when. I first started going to the comedy store and you were an employee. You were kind of like the tripper of really? the comedy, like the cool counselor, you know, the, the CIT who wasn't like was the best compliment I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> It'd be like James Painter or which and he did it in a nice way, but like they'd be like Painter and like, all right, like crush your soul somehow. Yeah, but but then you'd come along and be like, no, it's a good cop. Like, <laughs> I don't know why people are mean to each other, man. No, it was like, what's weird though is like for like, the weird kind of inmates running the asylum vibe it had back then of how easy it makes other things just going through that. Like there was 
a few months ago, I was, did a show in the main room at Flappers, nice. and it was a small crowd, and all these people, was, I'm like, no, here's how you do it, guy. Watch this. The old guy's going to show you what to do here. Yep. And you're like, no, this is simple. Like, oh, there's 12 people in this giant room, and they're all spread out, but we're going to have fun for five minutes. Exactly. And it's all because of the you comedy store. Connect. You know. I remember once, oh, dude, this seems so good. <laughs> God, I'm so late. I'm sorry. Do we, we need to cut it? I don't want to be late. Yeah, I should probably just get out of here. Okay. It's not fair. <laughs> it's like two minutes left, though. We're so close. I'll give you a good shortcut. Okay. And then we're going to run right out. Where can people find you online? Uh, on my website is awesomesteve.com. Uh, Comedy on Instagram and at Steve Simone on Twitter. Awesome. Definitely give them a follow. And job is available on iTunes, Google Play, like every, everywhere you can yeah, people find it. <laughs> So that's good. Thanks for coming over. Thank you. For Thanks for squeezing me in on your press tour. So thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Arnold's going to win right here. But it's not really a win, though. It's kind of like it's kind of a cool move by the press. He knows he's beat and he's like, no, I've got a built in nuclear device. So. All right, we're going to let's cut it short then. I don't want you to be late. All right. But uh, yeah, you guys know what happens here. So thanks for listening, everybody. Later, dudes.